We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Indeed, it is the Get Right here on 105.3 The Fan. My name is Alec Medford. Tonight, I will be joined by the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. He will be with me here in just a moment as you just heard him. On Cowboys Crosstalk with Dat Wynn, uh, Nate Newton, and Eric Chiafalo of the G-Bag Nation. Appreciate you sticking around through that and hanging out with us here in the Get Right. Reggie Atatula out on vacation this week. He will be back next week, but until then, you are stuck with me at least for tonight. Tonight will be my last night here before I disappear a little bit for some college graduation festivities. Uh, but excited to be with you until 11 o'clock tonight, live on Twitch and YouTube as well. Twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam or search 105.3 The Fan on YouTube to get involved in the conversation there. The truckwreck.com text on is 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053 to get involved with the conversation that we're going to start the show off and without ca here i'm going to need your help on this one you're going to help me drive this segment as i pose the question to you tolos can the cowboys handle prosperity this season and i asked this question for two different reasons and if you stuck around for crosstalk uh with myself in the g-bag nation earlier at about uh, 650 or so i mentioned to brian broadis that a while back, I want to say it was around this time last year, Broadus had a pretty legendary rant about how the Cowboys can't handle prosperity and they just don't like it. They don't know what to do with it. And that stuck with me because it's one of those immeasurable things that you can't really put pen to paper about. You can't really put a number to it uh, to measure that, you know? But it was something that if you watch the games – you absolutely felt like that was the case. Uh, you know, beating up on better teams uh, and then the tough losses that they took, even as recent or as far away, I should say, as the uh, Denver Broncos game that they said they kind of had the blueprint on the Cowboys offense and Dak Prescott with the cover two shell and everything and how everything just kind of crumbled beneath their feet after that point. It felt like it was true. It felt like the Cowboys got some great breaks. The ball bounced their way a couple times here in the past couple years under Mike McCarthy, but they can never get the job done. This year, we talked about it last night, myself in the fan phenom, Blake Elliott. It feels a little bit different, right? At least in this point of the season to date, it feels like this team kind of has a quiet confidence about them. It feels like they went from the hot noise you know, back to the hot boys, if you will. And please don't bring that back because that was kind of the staple of a very frustrating time of Cowboys fandom, I know. 
Uh, it was for you guys, for myself, and for everyone up here. But there's a couple different reasons why I think they're handling it better and they can handle it better going down the road. And I think it all starts with Mike McCarthy and the vision that he had for this offense. And you started to see it really fall into place after the bye and after that 49ers game. And to kind of back that up, I do want to go to cut number 17 where uh, Jerry Jones was on with Sean and RJ the other day, I believe yesterday, and they asked him if that 49ers loss kind of saved the season since they played really well. And I want you to pay attention specifically to the back end of this quote. The players believe in those. That was what I took away from that, and that's where I think the prosperity has been handled a little bit better as we go ahead and bring in the three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold, to the conversation and the rest of the show. So, CA, now that you're with us, I pose the question to you. Can the Cowboys handle prosperity this season throughout the rest of the regular season and into the playoffs? I think so, and the reason why, Alec, is because the way they lost to San Francisco in the middle of the season. In other words, the last two years they lost to the 49ers abruptly in the playoffs when they thought, oh, we've got this. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, we've got this. We've got – well, guess what? They thought they had it even when they lost to Arizona. Okay, but we're ready for the 49ers because we're gearing up for the 49ers, and they got smacked around in San Francisco. Well, guess what? That was the wake-up call. In every game they've played, even the game they lost to Philadelphia in October, every game they've played, they've been methodical. They've been handling it like there's no tomorrow. It's like this is the game that's most important, one play at a time. In other words, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to do it. I think they've been doing what they need to do since they lost to San Francisco, and that included, you know, C.D. Lamb saying, give me the damn ball. That includes maybe having a meeting with Mike McCarthy and say, you know what, we need some more chunk plays. Because I've said this to you before, and I've said this to Will Chambers. I don't think they're really doing the quote-unquote Texas coast. They may be doing some West Coast, but they're not doing the Texas coast. They're not doing it where we're going to throw these little short passes and trust that the receiver or the tight end or the running back is going to get the yak. I think they've been mixing in the chunk plays, and Dak is very confident, and I think that Mike McCarthy has been calling some great games. So, again, it's not about them getting comfortable and overconfident. I don't think that's going to happen again because San Francisco woke them up in the middle of the season instead of surprising them in the playoffs like they did the last two years. I was doing some reading from The Athletic. Randy Muller over there put out a piece. Uh, he does like a weekly newsletter and he was right. talking a little bit about the Cowboys and he was asking, you know, what's different this year? Why does it feel different? Why is there a different aura to this team uh, in terms of the success and being able to manage it? And what I took away from that piece that he wrote is that Mike McCarthy is in a better position to lead this team than he ever has. And it's because he's taken over as the play caller True. Uh, calling plays, gives him a better chance to manage the game, control it at the pace that he wants. And he has a more far reaching effect on the outcome of the offense and the outcome of the game, because this offense has become the heart of the team. We went into the season thinking that this was going to be a defensive team, a defense first team that was going to force a lot of turnovers, score some points for you. But now you're starting to see the offense kind of lead the charge here. So do you think that McCarthy's just in a better position to kind of lead these guys? No doubt. And in fact, when he first got here, he deferred to Kellen Moore. It's like, okay, Kellen Moore's here. He's got a brilliant mind. Um, let's let him go ahead and be the offensive coordinator, even though I have called the plays in Green Bay up to my last year. You know, his last year, he deferred and let other people call plays. 
Here's the deal. He knows how to call plays. He was calling the plays for not only Brett Favre, but Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl at AT&T Stadium. That was Mike McCarthy calling plays. And you can say, yeah, he's had this great quarterback and quarterback at Audible. He was still calling the damn plays. And Aaron Rodgers could uh, change the play if he wanted to. At the same time, remember this, and I've always said this about Kellen Moore. I thought Kellen Moore had to go because he wasn't seasoned enough. Where there's a lot of people who thought, okay, Kellen Moore is going to be the new head coach and not Dan Quinn if they fire Mike McCarthy. I was never saying, oh, no, this is going to be uh, Kellen Moore's job to lose and and he's going to be the next Jason Garrett and Jerry Jones wants to have a – I said, no, no, Jerry's old. He ain't got time to raise another quarterback, another coach like he was going to do with Jason Garrett. I've always felt like Kellen Moore was a brilliant mind, but he didn't have situational awareness. We're talking about in the playoffs, you got to understand your defense might need some rest. I don't want to try out this little trick play. Or I'll even give you the first uh, loss to the 49ers a couple of years ago. CeeDee Lamb never touched the ball. Yeah. How the hell does CeeDee Lamb not touch the ball? Or Tony Pollard didn't touch the ball, and you're playing at home against the 49ers. That's on Kellen Moore. You follow where I'm going with this? Yeah. So in my mind, as brilliant as those plays were during the regular season, because people would look at the stats and say, Kellen Moore was running this top five offense in the regular season. I was like, yeah, he's a brilliant mind. But he's not seasoned enough. I've always felt like Mike McCarthy was seasoned enough. What they did was Kellen Moore moved along to the Chargers. And then uh, Nussmeyer, uh, is it Nussmeyer? Doug Nussmeyer? Yeah. That was the uh, that was a quarterback's coach. That was uh, the other guy that was in Dak's ear. And so he took away both of those things. And I'm like, okay, Dak's going to be 30 years old, his seventh year. He's grown man now. And Mike McCarthy's been around a few years now. They might not have been working together every single day because McCarthy was more of a walk-around coach. Now I'm like, oh, McCarthy's easy guy to work with. And I felt like, okay, it's just a matter of time. I've always thought that Mike McCarthy was a very good coach. I I always have. There's a lot of people thought, oh, he's just getting by on the the wings of uh, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. I always thought Mike McCarthy had something. You talked a little bit about Dak Prescott there, and I mentioned it feels like a, a more quiet confidence, just a we're going to line up and we're going to beat you yeah. kind of mentality that this team has. And it's kind of emanating throughout Dak Prescott, especially after the Eagles game. What's the first thing he says? He says, that wasn't my best game. Right. <laughs> you know, he was like, if I was on my P's and Q's, there would have been a 50 up on the scoreboard. But he even acknowledged that wasn't his best game. But when you pair that with a defense that coaches turnovers the way that Dan Quinn and Al Harris do uh, down there with the secondary group, then this might provide a bit of a different ending for the fandom uh, when they get deeper into this season and get into that postseason run. So uh, clearly Dak Prescott has been a major part of it as well. I'll give you more on that, Alec. I'll give you more real quick just for people to pay attention. To, uh, the defense is solid. Don't get me wrong. They're solid. They're not all otherworldly like we thought they might be. They're not the Baltimore Ravens, and they're not the Chicago Bears from the 1980s. But they are very, very good. But to show you how the offense, you have to count on the offense, and they do count on the co- offense, and they trust Dak Prescott, notice the Cowboys like to have the ball uh, the f- start of the game. Whether they win the coin flip or the other team wins it and defers to them, they would prefer to score a touchdown on you first 
and let you try to come from behind. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Most teams nowadays, oh, they want to defer and have the ball to start the second half. Cowboys said, after that, we know our offense can score on your butt, and that's what they do. The, uh, the Bills, excuse me, are favored by two and a half points going into this matchup where they host the Cowboys, but eight underdogs won across the NFL in week 14, the most of any week this season. It feels like this season more than the past three, four, maybe even five seasons, it's really been at any given Sunday uh, league, and it feels like that this team does have a true chance to actually go in as the underdog because, it, again, it goes down to that quiet confidence for me. I don't see a reason to discount this team because a lot of the time there's just too much noise surrounding the team, whether it's from the national media, whether it's from us, whether it's from the players themselves. It doesn't feel like there's that intense of a microscope this season to me. And I think it's allowing the team to kind of surprise some people with how they've been able to play so far. So I think I'm the most confident going into this stretch than I was at any point because what were we talking about a month ago was, man, that that gauntlet that they got to run in December. Uh That's going to be so tough. Don't know if they can get away with more than two. uh, If you're lucky, you'll get three wins there. That's if you're really lucky. Now it feels like they have a chance to actually run the table here, and it's all because it feels like the changing of the guard from Kellen Moore to McCarthy has done more things than one for this team. Realize this, if they run the gauntlet, they will not have won like four games in a row. They will have won nine games in a row, which is a very difficult thing to do. But guess what? The quarterback has won 11 games in a row in his career as a Cowboy. He did it as a rookie. So this would not be a surprise to him. This would not be something that he hasn't done before. Don't get me wrong. He wasn't doing the same things where he had to carry the team. He had a very talented team. He had Zeke Elliott running the ball, and it was a really balanced attack. And he wasn't asked to do anything more than be a Mississippi State Dak. But at the same time, I think the reason why more people have more confidence in this team is because of the perfect storm. The perfect storm is this. Nobody was going to trust this team to do anything until the playoffs began. Oh, we've seen 12 and 5 before. You follow what I'm saying? We've yeah. seen 12. It's like, oh, they did that a couple of years. Ago. Oh, yeah, they had a great offense a couple of years. Ago. Oh, Dan Quinn's been the coordinator a couple of years. We've seen this before. I'm not going to believe into it until the playoffs begin. Well, the reason I think more people are more confident about what they're doing is they've seen dominance. And the dominance they've seen, yes, been a home game dominance. They've seen dominance where the Cowboys have won 15 consecutive home games, dating back to last year. Last time they lost the game was the first game a year ago when Tom Brady and the Buccaneers came into town. But at the same time, the Cowboys have won, are the first team in NFL history to win their first seven home games by averaging over 30 points a game. They've seen dominance by their kicker. And see, that's another thing. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to worry about, oh, boy, we don't have Dan Bailey anymore. Butter Aubrey has, has scored, I mean, has kicked, in, has kicked 30 consecutive field goals. That's a record to start a career. And he became the first kicker in NFL history in one game to kick two 59-yard-plus field goals, a 59-yard on a 60. And everybody's seen it. It's not barely going through. It's always straight down the middle. You see your quarterback not throwing interceptions left and right. I don't care how much arm talent you've got. I'm talking about Josh Allen or even Patrick Mahomes. Those guys will throw picks. But when Dak Prescott, who doesn't have insane arm talent, last year throws 15 picks, everybody's like, oh, he's throwing all these picks. You don't see that. These last – Five or six games, he's only thrown two picks. 
So you've seen dominance and you've seen very good play. And even the running game has come around. It's not dominant like Ezekiel Elliott running the ball in his prime. But you've seen Tony Pollard not only run the ball well with with uh, um, uh, Dowdle. Rico Dowdle, but you've also seen him pass protect, and you never saw that last year. So it's given you some faith, not hope, faith that they ought to be all right. They ought to be all right, and they seem to be handling their prosperity that much better this season. We're off and running here on the Get Right. Alec Medford and the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold with you. And coming up next, we go to the uh, Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline, and we welcome in from DallasCowboys.com, Nicole Hutchinson, next on the Get Right. Back here on the Get Right on 105.3 The Fan, Alec Medford and the three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold. Got you down. And we are with you until 11 o'clock tonight. Coming up on the other side, we'll take a trip around the NFL, get you up to date on the latest happenings at the NFL Winter Meetings, what Roger Goodell has to say about the tush push and more. Uh, We'll get to that here in about 15 minutes or so. But now we go out to the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline, and we welcome in from DallasCowboys.com, Nicole Hutchinson. What's up, Nicole? What's up? How are you? Hey, Nicole. Doing great. A first-time appearance. Look at this. First time for everything. We're excited to have you. Thank you. So we uh, we just kicked this around in the previous segment. Do you think the Cowboys uh, team this season has handled prosperity a little bit better than they have before under Mike McCarthy? Mm, Of course. And and that's crazy because that's something that um, when I first came in here, I instantly noticed Um, the way that they got these guys kind of rally around Mike McCarthy. You can tell it's a really big like player led type of, uh, franchise now uh, they, they trust in the fact that um, McCarthy can make any decision possible and, and I think that's just the biggest thing um, about this team now and what's helped them succeed right I think that they're starting to buy in that's something that um, McCarthy also said that they started to do around week nine week uh, week eight after that loss to the 49ers and I, I think this team has a lot uh, more um, growth to do but I think that this team has really come together under Mike McCarthy a lot more than they have in the past years Nicole I saw you in the locker room after the game and you notice how these guys were businesslike but they were very happy can you talk about oh, yeah. Stefan Gilmore and how mm-hmm. he took the challenge when when um, AJ Brown called him an old man <laughs> yeah uh, I actually talked to him one-on-one after the game and I was like man what happened like th- he called you old and then what went through your mind and he was like, man, that it lit. I can't curse on here, but he was like, it lit a fire under me, um, you know. And that was something that he thought that he needed because he had been, you know, he had some wins, he had some losses when targeted earlier in the season, but he hadn't had that game that was just like, oh, okay, there's Stephon Gilmore, um, and so he he just knew he needed that, and that was nothing better than you know somebody calling you an old man on the field. Uh, for him and he was like you know I was excited like this was something that I knew I needed and now it's just I just got to build off of it we can't celebrate a big win without something (laughs) bad happening in this game and of course we saw Jonathan Hankins the big run stuffer go down during the game with a high ankle sprain do you have any concern going into this game against the Bills and the next few weeks uh, for the run defense not at all Uh, I mean in the last four games they've honestly improved but you've seen spurts of you know, Mozzie Smith, and yes, I know everyone's like, eh, 
I don't know. He's not fully developed yet, but we've got to give that, that guy some grace. I feel like he's really coming to his own. He's shown um, that he could be a good run stopper. Uh, I feel like he's kind of like one of those guys that um, has learned a lot from Hankins. Um, and, but you also have Chauncey Goldson. You have Carl Davis, you know, that experience coming in that could possibly um, step in in place of Hankins. Um, and even McCarthy today said that he's confident in the guys that um, are coming in and will replace Hankins over the next few weeks if it comes down to that. So uh, I'm, I'm not concerned. Mike McCarthy's confident, so it's only right for me to be confident in uh, what that defensive line can do, especially um, with a game like this, the Bills on deck. Nicole, let's talk about that offensive line. Mm. I don't know if you saw this, but Tyron Smith was the highest-graded offensive yeah. lineman in all the NFL this week. Can you talk about mm. his new routine and why it seems to be paying off right now for him at his age? Yeah, I mean, and he's dealt with injuries over the past, yes. what, 11 seasons has he's been um, in the NFL, and, and it's just like – I think he knows he needed that at this point in time. I haven't been able to talk to him um, just about his regimen, but that's something that I know McCarthy has mentioned a lot that, you know, Tyron, I guess, went up to McCarthy and said, hey, there, i got to just have these rest days and take advantage of these rest days more often. So um, I know that that's something that, hey, it's, it's paid off if it's working. We don't want to go away from that. And it's helping this offensive line. Um, Ty Tyler Smith actually does talk to me a lot about how um, Tyron has really helped the confidence within, within this offensive line grow. So, hey, whatever he's doing, I know the extra days off is paying off. Everything else is kind of uh, falling into place for this offensive line. So, I think whatever he's doing now, we, we got to keep it going because his offensive line is playing at all-time high. <laughs> exactly. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. We got it Nicole Hutchinson <laughs> joining us from <laughs> DallasCowboys.com here on the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline. And one thing, I'm, I was talking earlier in the show about this team kind of has this quiet confidence about mm -hmm. them. And if you want to talk about real quiet confidence, talk about Brandon Aubrey, the kicker. Butter Aubrey oh, yeah. has been so fantastic. And do you think that confidence kind of permeates into Mike McCarthy's play calling now that he knows he's got pretty much an automatic three points if the offense can do their job? Oh, for sure. If, I mean, McCarthy says, hey, we're going for a field goal at 60 yards. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but, I mean, that's something that Brandon Aubrey has always been kind of like that mellow type of guy. And he's like, I'm, I've never just had to, uh, how do I explain it, kind of boast or be overly confident in stages. I've, I've, I've always done this. You know, it comes, it goes back to when he was playing soccer. He's been big in big moments, uh, especially when he played at Notre Dame. He's been – Big, big moments when he played in the USFL. So um, it, it, it's just, I don't know. He, he has this, like, mellow about him that's yeah. kind of carried over. Um, and, hey, whatever he's doing as far as uh, kicking these field goals, we don't need to mess with that confidence. We're just going to let him be his mellow self and keep it going. Like you said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And on those same lines, this guy is not quiet at all. He's mm -hmm. really, really good. Let's talk about Jake Ferguson, who's having a breakout season, the tight end. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I was honestly like, you're seeing him come into his own, um, especially like the confidence on the field. There was one play in particular, um, and it was, I think it was believe it was Dak's run, and he was guarding the fender, faked it like, 
he was going up to catch uh, in the, towards the end zone. I can't remember who he was uh, one-on-one match with, matched up with. But, I mean, you're just seeing that type of edge. Mm-hmm. Um, and all his guys are, see it as well. I mean, Micah, even Stan Williams said that. And he's got that little extra seasoning in him. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's paying off. But I feel like it starts with Dak, right? Dak yep. is bringing this extra level of confidence to this team. Um, like no other, uh, because he believes in and he believes in the team and what they can do, and it's kind of sprinkling down to every single part of the rest of this team. How similar do you think the defensive game plan is going to be going against Josh Allen compared to Jalen Hurts? Because it's two guys that have talented mm-hmm. arms, that have talented abilities to break out of the pocket and make things mm-hmm. happen downfield. Do you think it's going to be a pretty similar game plan, all things considered? For sure, uh, because, I mean, Josh Allen, you look at the numbers, he's one of the top rushers uh, amongst quarterbacks in this NFL right now in the league. Uh, he's a guy that can make any throw. He's got the weapons. Now, they're struggling with their identity as of late, having gotten the ball to Stephon uh, Diggs lately and a lot of their targets uh, and their weapons. But um, he's a guy that can, if you do not collapse the pocket, he will be able to get out and get loose and uh, make plays. So I think it'll be similar. Um, you've got to, uh, of course, that run defense has got to shore up, and that's where that interior defense with, like, Osa um, and maybe whoever we get to see, Carl, Mozzie Smith taking some snaps, uh, they're definitely going to play a huge role. And they've played a huge role in the why this defense, defensive line has had so much success lately. Uh, even D-Law, Demarcus Lawrence as well, too. Uh, so I think it'll be a similar game plan. Um, and maybe even, I don't know, I kind of want to see um, like the same thing that where they sent maybe a safety to blitz. That would be pretty cool as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there, it, there's a lot of similarities within this team uh, that, have, that they have with the Eagles. So I, I'm expecting Dan Quinn to kick, cook up something cool. <laughs> okay, so Nicole, I'm going to see you out here tomorrow at the Star. I'm out here right now. I know I'm oh, going to wow. see you tomorrow at the Star. I got an assignment for you. Uh, Derek Eagleton okay. or Nick Eatman would have told me to assign this to you because I know you can track <laughs> him down. The oh story God. is this, and I want you to tell me what you think about this ahead of time. Okay. What would have happened? I am missing the fact that we would have been seeing Trayvon Diggs cover his brother, Stefan Diggs, <laughs> for the first time as pros. <laughs> Man, he would have locked him up for sure. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, so like, but also, I mean, Trayvon Diggs, apparently, he, it's been said that um, he's going to be giving some uh, little inside scoop on how to guard Stephon to Stephon Gilmore. That's right. So that'll be, that'll be pretty dope to see how um, Stephon, and, well, look, it's matchup of the Stephons, I guess. You know, uh, Stephon's going <laughs> to travel with Stephon. Yeah, you know, so... <laughs> Well, it'll be cool, but no, definitely Trayvon would have locked him up. I'm sorry. That, that would have been locked down defense all night. Um, he probably would have had – Josh Allen would have probably had to uh, see if the matchup with Jerron Bland would have worked, but that, again, isn't going to work either. So, yeah, uh, I know our, our safeties, our corners got this I got this on lock. I'm confident. You know, I, I swear there was a storyline before the season started. I was like, man, this is going to be the first <laughs> time. I can't wait. And then Trayvon got hurt, and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> And all I could think about was what his son said. You must believe in yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you got you have a guy like Deron Bland that's so young and that has really just the, to be able to come from playing inside to playing outside. That that says a lot about his athleticism. Um, and so I don't know I, the fact that he has just taken off the way that he has. Yeah. And it, it's 
unreal. Um, and when I came in, I mean, of course, I was thrown in in the middle of the season, and that's the guy who I was instantly like, holy crap, like, you're athletic. And it comes from him playing receiver, you know, growing up, the yeah. way that he's able to break off routes and stuff like that, so or break inside, it's, it's, it's honestly amazing. So, Nicole, we know you're the new kid in town. You mentioned it, mm-hmm. and we've heard you on these airwaves on the Cowboys Hour. Sometimes we'll be in the studio. We look up on the TV after, like, a Stars game or something and see you on Bally Sports. So we know that you're the new kid, but people probably are already a little bit familiar with you. So let's play a little game of trying to get to know Nicole. Yeah. Uh, your, okay. your favorite conversation this year with the team, with uh, players, has been with who? Okay, that's hard. Um, hmm, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Oh, that's hard. I've had a lot of good convos. Um, well, okay, I'd have to go with Cavante Turpin, and I say only because, like, um, I knew him from college. Well, I didn't go to TCU, but uh, yeah. So one of my close friends, I'm also from Houston. One of my close friends played basketball at TCU. They were good friends. I met Cavante Turpin through her. Um, and since he's from Louisiana, a lot of people from Louisiana and Houston, we're always oh, yeah. linked up some, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we became really good friends. And so, um, he's been following my career and I've been following his. And then when I got here, I was like, oh crap. It's lit. <laughs> <laughs> and That's so great. we're like, oh man. Like, so we've been able to just really, um, he's been so proud of me, you know, me being here and I've been the same with him. So I'd say my favorite combos have been with Cavante. That's great. Sure. You know what? Let me let me let me throw in one, and then Alex, you can grab some more. Cavante told me that he and Marque, Marquise Bell and Deron Bland are like tight friends. They're like the three Musketeers because they all yeah. came in together. <laughs> so I know I'm. Isn't it amazing that all three of those guys are really nice, quiet, likable guys, mm-hmm. and not the typical boisterous, uh, you know, yeah. pro athletes you you think of. You know what I mean? They're all down to earth. <laughs> And they all because they all have their unique stories, right? You mm-hmm. have Marquise Bell that came from an, an HBCU, typically yep. that's overlooked, you know, um, had to grind his way. And like I told him in my interview with him, you got it out the mud, you know. Yep, <laughs> so, yep, yep. Same thing with, you know, Cavante Turpin, everything that he had to overcome and work his way up um, to get to the NFL. And then Deron Bland, fifth-round pick, having to, you know, basically Fresno prove State, himself. Yeah. So. Yeah, like they all have their own stories, which is pretty cool. And that, I mean, that's what typically happens when you relate to people. Uh, you tend to gravitate towards them. So I, I think that's pretty dope for them to be all besties. <laughs> the, the most important question of the night is, what is one holiday food that you wish you ate more during the rest of the year? Mac and cheese. Ooh, uh, ooh, I mean, that's, cheese. come on. like Triple mac and cheese. Triple and, cheese. Oh, yeah, like baked. I don't cook. Don't judge. I don't cook. <laughs> but you eat. But my mom does. Oh, yeah. I do that. But I just don't. I haven't learned how to cook yet. But when I learn how to cook mac and cheese, it's wrapped. It's <laughs> not <laughs> like me struggling to make it out here. Hey, I can respect that, though. I'm not going to judge because I'm in the same boat. But, Nicole, we appreciate the time. Even mm-hmm. though you are a Houston girl, we, uh, you are still welcome here anytime. We appreciate you taking some time out of the night and hanging out with us for a little bit. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Of course, and we'll talk soon, and uh, go yeah, Cowboys. See you yeah. Yes. All right, see you all tomorrow. Go Cowboys. There she goes, Nicole <laughs> Hutchinson of DallasCowboys.com. Good enough to join us here on your home of the she Cowboys, 105 through the fan. I'm telling you, man, they got something special in Haley Sutton mm-hmm. a while back, and she went on to greater things with CBS Sports, and as soon as Nicole came in, I was like, yep, 
Uh, they found someone to fill those shoes pretty quickly. Um, so. He yeah, knows what he's doing. yeah. Derek Eagleton has one hell of a scout side. You can find her on Twitter at n Hutchison TV uh, if you want to catch her work, and of course on DallasCowboys.com. But CA coming up next, we're going to take a trip around the NFL where a major star wide receiver is out. Super Bowl sixty one has a location and other winter meeting updates coming up next on the Get Right. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. It's the get right here on 105.3 The Fan, Alec Medford, and the three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold. Got you down. He is out at the Star in Frisco after Cowboys Cross Talk. I am here at the studios off of 75 and Fitz. You excited to be with you in for Reginald Atatula, who is on vacation this week. Don't worry, he'll be back next week. Uh, but we're going to take a trip around the NFL here in just a moment. The truckwreck.com text line is 877-881-1053, 877 877- 881-1053 to get involved in the conversation. Also live on Twitch and YouTube, twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam or 105.3 The Fan on YouTube to get involved in the conversation there. Can I give you and uh, your young gun teammate, Blake Elliott, some props? Oh, yeah. I always love flowers. You guys were hilarious last night. <laughs> you guys filling in for Reg Atatula. It was just, first of all, you guys have really good chemistry. But there were just points in the show where it was just great straight-up conversation where you guys were just breaking stuff down. I mean, you, you know your X's and O's. But then you started talking about you two are graduating, like, Friday and Saturday. Yeah. University of North Texas and uh, UTA. You're graduating from UTA, right? Yes, sir. You are 21? Two. 22. He is 24. You both have tattoos, right? I think so, yeah. I know I got eight of them. He's got a tattoo. I've seen one that's behind his ear. It's a Playboy bunny. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, now that you mention it. Yeah. He's got cool. braids. You've got long red hair. You got long red hair. Twitch.tv slash Dallas fan cam. And he's got a nose ring. Not like a ring that goes through your nose, but like a yeah. a gold ball at the top of you know little bitty tiny gold ball you have to look really like there yeah. you got a nose ring well stud you guys are young guns for real 
Yeah, and according to the nosebleed seeds, I have piercings places that uh, are just straight up not true. So, <laughs> on that note. Oh, and by the way, I only bring you guys uh, fine work because um, he was trying to lie and say that he knew about Twitch, but he didn't understand Twitch all in the same conversation. I, yeah, I was the floor literally calling ourselves the young guns, but he's over here acting like he's 70 and doesn't know how to work the internet. He it's says, incredible. I, I just don't know Twitch. Yeah. Uh, and and we, you guys will be back together tomorrow, right? Uh, no, I will be gone. That's uh, right. You're going to be gone. Yeah, I will be That's gone for Thursday. the next week or so. I'll be gone. So. I'll be at the, uh, the Mavericks game, and we're going to talk some Mavericks in the next segment. But at the same time, tune in tomorrow to see who's on with Blake Elliott, the fan phenom. Indeed, and uh, right now we will take our trip around the NFL uh, because there was actually a lot going on today as there was the NFL owners meetings that they do each winter uh, with Roger Goodell kind of headlining everything and giving some information. We'll get into some of those news and notes here in just a moment. Uh, but we do have a big hit in the Brandon Staley legacy game tomorrow night okay. as uh, the Chargers and Raiders will be facing off in Vegas tomorrow on Thursday night football. The Chargers will be without wide receiver Keenan Allen. Uh, he has been ruled out by the team today. Uh, so in Is his finger broken too? Man, hmm. when it rains, it pours out there in L.A. because... It's just there's nothing going for this team anymore. They're gonna have Easton Stick out there throwing to guys. I mean, Quentin Johnston is already having trouble catching passes from the elite Justin Herbert, and now we're gonna send a dude named Stick out there and see what happens. Uh, not great for the L.A. Chargers. It's a little bit uh, a little <laughs> bit rough out there. So if you had any kind of interest in that game for whatever reason, if you're just a sicko like me and need some football because. Uh, no shot against these guys, but I am watching eight-man football in the studio because there is nothing else on. Put it uh, like this. The Chargers have no fans in L.A. Yeah, no Both fans. Both have decided not to watch. Yeah, all, all two of them have decided not to watch. It's incredible. Uh, so there you have it for the L.A. Chargers and the Vegas Raiders. Uh, Keenan Allen going to be out, so if you got some fantasy implications, you might want to get that figured out now. Uh, Justin Jefferson tells reporters in Minnesota after practice that he will play Saturday against the Bengals after dealing with a chest injury. Uh, he just came back off of IR a couple of weeks ago, and everybody was kind of holding their breath, and he tells reporters that he will be good to go. So that's good news there. Some bad news for the Cleveland Browns on the injury front. They literally just gave safety Grant Delpit out, out of uh, LSU a three-year extension worth $36 million, and... He has a groin injury and Ouch. will be placed on injured reserve just days after signing that mm -hmm. deal. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been an up and down few days for him, but to say the least, but he could return for the playoffs, which surprisingly enough under Joe Flacco, this is going to be a playoff team for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, if I told you that Joe Flacco one was going to be playing football in 2023 and two, it was going to be for a winning Cleveland Browns team. What would you have told me like six months ago? I'm with you. <laughs> it's it's a little bit weird, isn't it's it? It's very weird. 2023 has been a weird football year, especially for quarterbacks. Lots mm -hmm. of quarterback injuries. Um, I mean, it's, it's so, so crazy because nobody can really name the backup quarterbacks anymore. Think about it. Yeah. These it, clipboard holders, they're, they're from all these small colleges that you never, ever heard of. Yeah. You're like, where are they getting these guys? Because there's just not enough quarterbacks to go around. Let's talk about these winter meetings and not the MLB variety because there's still really not a lot going on in that front. But the NFL and Roger Goodell had theirs today, and they had a few different things to talk about. 
Um, first of all, we've been hearing about it really for a long time now, but they kind of expanded on it today that they do want to expand the international appeal for the NFL and play more games internationally. So what did they do? They approved an international game in Brazil for 2024, and there could be as many as eight international games in 2025. And that's in addition to the annual Jaguars game in London. Hmm. So a lot of expansion talk here for the NFL Hmm. in terms of international games. How do you feel about as many as eight international games in two years? Um, I can see them trying this. I don't, I can't, I can't really imagine. I can't wrap my head around them having teams actually located in those, those places. I can, can see them continually having these games outside of the United States, you know, uh, you know, like, like say Seattle versus, you know, the Rams in, in Tokyo or, yeah. you know, just name places, but I can't see a Tokyo franchise or I can't see a Rio franchise. I just can't see that. I can't see it either, but Hey, if these games are making them money, it seems like the London crowds are always really active. So if they can get that same kind of draw wherever they go. You know why they're, they're like that? I, I was over there at Wembley Stadium for those Cowboys games and uh, way back in the day uh, when they were playing uh, against different teams. And yeah. they don't have that many seats. Did you know that? The yeah. fans stand up because the hooligans, we're talking about the soccer fans, yeah. they're used to standing up and singing those beer songs. And that's why they're rowdy. Respect to them, mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, if I have a seat available, I am going to use it because at 22 years old uh, and running all that cross country and track, I put my knees through a little bit too much. <laughs> so I will definitely be taking that seat. Oh, I hear you. And by the way, ironically, that's one of the what, one of the reasons that Jerry came up with the idea of the uh, party passes and the standing room only in the end zones, because he saw that in Wembley Stadium that the hooligans were standing up and they were loud. It works. You see the video that John Mashota tweets every game day of people just storming the doors as soon as they open. Mm-hmm. And it works. And elsewhere with the NFL owners' meetings, uh, we found out some of the next Super Bowls, including uh, Super Bowl 61, the next announced, which kind of makes me upset because it is going back to SoFi Stadium. Yet again, just a few years There's after. There's reason why they built that thing. Yeah, and they certainly are getting their money's worth out of it. It's going to be returning to L.A. You know what's and- so funny? Can you do this for me, Alec? Because yeah. I swear when people say Super Bowl 61 or Super Bowl 60 or Super Bowl 58, what year is that? That would be, I think it's in 2027. See, that's what I'm saying. Nobody can keep up when they were doing Roman numerals. You don't know what year it is. It's like, okay. But at the same time, I understand about SoFi because when they build them like that, those stadiums like that, they want a Super Bowl in them. And that's another reason why Las Vegas is going to host it in this coming February. As far as AT&T Stadium again, well, Jerry trying to overflow it with 100,000 fans and building these and the roof and the snow and the ice. And I don't know, man, it might be a while. I just love the entertainment district out there in Arlington. I think it presents a great opportunity. That's why I was talking with Dawson earlier uh, before crosstalk about, you know, the possibility of the World Cup and being there. It's like there's just so many opportunities to make a ton of money in the city for these big events. I Mm -hmm. wish they would do them more. And, hey, maybe a good start is the MLB All-Star Game. Uh, this coming year, maybe that will be the thing that kind of wakes up these owners and says, hey, maybe we can make a lot of money here. All-star game, and then don't let the real final of the World Cup happen in Arlington. Oh, boy. That Ooh. would be so much It's in fun. the hunt. 
It's in the hunt, and we'll see what happens there. But that's your trip around the NFL here on the Get Right with Alec Medford and the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold and Ross Lubinsky holding things down for you here tonight until 11 o'clock. And coming up next, we open up our number two with a Mavs conversation because it's time to start giving this Mavs roster its flowers. We'll talk about that next on the Get Right. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.